Welcome to Every Horror Movie on Netflix, the show where we watch, discuss, review, and sometimes argue about every horror movie on Netflix. Again, I'm Chris. I'm Patrick Portobello Dunn. I'm Elizabeth. I'm Steven. Portobello, really? I like that better than flying. Yeah. It's, it's got a ring to it. I, you know, it's it's alliterative. I'm just on a quest to find the perfect, like, fucking middle nickname. And it's going to happen. I'm only, like, two nicknames into this quest, but it's going to happen. Well, we've got, like, 200... 35 more horror movies on Netflix to go, so Hell you'll yeah. get there. I'm confident. Yeah. Just yep. keep cycling them, see what sticks, check Twitter, see if we have any... Uh... If we have any vote, if we have any votes for a name. Well, happy almost December, everybody. Um, it's apparently close enough that where I live, they're putting up the city Christmas tree down in the square. They got some horses and carriages clomping and clacking by the window, so if you hear anything weird, like Christmas music, carriages clicking and clomping... You'll know why. And for future listeners, the year is 1894. Yes. I wish it were. It did feel as if I'd traveled back in time driving up here today and seeing the horse-drawn carriage. Is that a nor- like a normal thing for Monroe? Do they do this every year? They Yes. In fact, the horse-drawn carriage actually goes by every Thursday. They have um, Thursday nights and they have free carriage rides. Free? Yeah. You done it? I haven't done it. Why? You done it? I don't know. I just have better things to do than look at a horse's ass. I just felt like I fucking lost years of my life trying to get here tonight, driving around looking for fucking parking. Yeah. You should have rid a carriage. Well, I should have. I, I should have like ridden I... my carriage down here to Chris's house. I felt like I lost years of my life watching this fucking movie. What did we watch this guy this week, guys? <laughs> <laughs> well, we watched American Poltergeist 2. Some of you might remember two weeks ago we watched American Poltergeist, and it was universally panned. We were just so panel. stoked about it. We were like, let's watch the sequel. Luckily, we Why? had a nice break with the astronaut's wife. Yeah, we don't really have a choice. A vacation. Was that nice? Yeah. We watched American Poltergeist 2. This is a movie that actually was made before American Poltergeist. Am I right? Yeah. I think you're right. 2013 or something. And when it was released, it went through several film titles before settling on American Poltergeist well, yeah, 2. It got made and then shelved. It was first... You will love me. You will love me. That's right. And then it was the Poltergeist of Borley Forest. And then probably around that time, American Poltergeist 1 came out. And then somewhere in the interim, it got renamed American Poltergeist 2 and released as a sequel because the American Poltergeist brand was so strong and so popular with American Poltergeist 1. They were like, fuck, we really need to capitalize on this. No, actually, who? I mean, really, does anyone have an answer to this question? Why is there an American Poltergeist 2? Why did they feel that that was a selling point for this movie? They were uh, marketing it on the popularity of the actual like poltergeist film franchise that makes sense because there was that remake with well, wasn't sam rockwell yeah. in that around the same yeah. time like yeah like i think it was 2015 it must be that's why the name is in there because again spoiler alert there is no poltergeist in this movie it is again a ghost they haven't figured that out in this franchise yeah know, third time's the charm this movie has nothing to do with the other poltergeist movie nope. the other um american poltergeist movie that is or with it's the, the asylum model movie. it's like take a slap a title on a piece of shit that's going to grab people based on some other successful movie that has just come out or is about to come out and they'll be interested somehow netflix also bought into that but i mean the funny thing is that 
Poltergeist isn't even a successful enough brand on its own necessarily. You know, I mean, Poltergeist, of course, in in and of itself, like the original Poltergeist is a legendary horror movie, but it's just so bizarre that I guess the only potentially logical answer we can come up with for them, like trying to market this whole franchise is that, well, Poltergeist was a famous movie 30 years ago. And like you said, it says American. So people are going to see it and think quality. Well, again, yeah. I mean, we just mentioned that there was a remake of Poltergeist that came out around this time. So I think Which they were did poorly. And I think this probably came out like when that was announced, it was expected to be a hit. And they were like, oh, we can latch onto that. We can grab onto those coattails. When American Poltergeist f- 1 or 2 came out? When, when the Poltergeist Whichever one came, came out, out first. With Sam Rockwell. If That's someone... a reboot, though. The question is, like, why did they still think it was a, 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 a selling point? Dude, who knows? It's like... Shark Attack 3, like you throw a buzzword into a movie title and some old people slash dumb people will get it from the movie theater and or from the video store. And is a cool buzzword, too. I mean, it's such a, a unique word tied to a famous franchise. I, I don't know. Maybe they were just trying well, to... Well, no, but here's the question. Okay, so if they're, if you're selling it on the basis of the Poltergeist connection to the famous sure. Poltergeist franchise, then why it's not It's my favorite leave... William Friedkin movie, The Poltergeist Connection. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then why not leave the title The Poltergeist of Borley Wood? We just said that was the title why connect it to this other shitty movie because they got they were, sued they were trying <laughs> no they did did they by borley wood yeah there was like a situation where they couldn't use that title by borley wood <laughs> no i don't know but no there was a situation where they there was a they that title they couldn't use and they had to change it yeah okay all right but i okay so i'm just going to register we don't have to talk about this any further but i'm just still fascinated by the fact that okay so sure use the word poltergeist as a selling point for your movie because of that famous franchise but why connect it to american poltergeist why make it a sequel to a completely unrelated movie it's just mind-boggling maybe they were just trying to borrow the 1200 facebook followers of the first movie (laughs) Shouts out, Andrew Wazowski. Look, I mean, the first movie somehow got on Netflix. It is the same studio that produced this. Uh, they're doing something right because it's it it came to because they keep getting movies on Netflix. And you know what? None of us have a movie on Netflix, so let's just remember that, listeners. If you know anything, we've said this before. If you know anything about Netflix's business model, Please. how much they, how filmmakers make money from having films on Netflix, how much they get paid, how do you get a film on Netflix? Please tell us. I feel like those are questions we should be answering for the audience. Yeah, like we could probably find those out by Googling. <laughs> I just wonder if like by four different people watching American Poltergeist 2, does that mean it's going to be on Netflix for like six more years? We're giving yes. it a bump that is totally There's going to be American yeah. Poltergeist 3 They're and like, it's going to be oh, our fans, fault. It's got yeah. the Amon bump. It's yeah. going to be American Poltergeist Fear Strikes Again. I can't wait. <laughs> Well, so, let's, let's get into the actual movie, I think. Yeah. We've talked enough about the title. Who feels qualified me, to explain me. the plot? I've been plot. waiting to okay, do it. Okay, Elizabeth. Total, re- total recall, Elizabeth. Okay. Oh, God. That, there's your nickname. You've got a nickname. Um, Elizabeth Total Recall Pierce. Okay, well, basically this movie is centered around a teen girl. Um, named Paige. Named Paige. I remember that this time. Good job. You do, you're good with names. No, you're better. Oh, thanks, Chris. Yeah. Okay. Um, wow, that was cute. That was really sweet. <laughs> so she is at a party in the woods with her friends who are drinking and making out. She hates it. She wants to go home. She, and so, right. and someone says to her, hey, I think these two people are going to go home soon, so you should just catch a ride with them. She goes looking for them, stumbles into the woods, and sees a rope, a noose hanging from a tree. She touches it. And for the rest of the movie, she is haunted by the ghost of the person who was hung in this noose. 
Now, wasn't there like a skeleton hand as well that reached out yeah. and touched her? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I think, that, well, when she first touches the noose, there's a short ghost sequence of like, uh, like, like a one skeleton of, hand. One of the many inconsistent visual representations of whatever the fuck this thing is. This is, it feels like this would be more at home as a sequel to Haunting in Silver Falls than yes. Agree. Agree. Yeah. So much crossover there. Totally. It's very similar. And totally. so for the rest of the movie, she is haunted by this thing and she and her brother and friends set off to quell the ghost. It's yeah, it's basically the same kind of plot points as Haunting at Silver Falls. You have yeah. kind of, you know, antagonistic parents who don't want her, anything to do with what's right. going on with her. You got the friends, you got the solving the mystery from 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. That's all there is. Beat for beat, it's almost identical. Um, one thing that we have in the mix here that I don't think was in that film in the same way is interesting kind of kind of creepy love interest so this girl has this beautiful beautiful man named cooper who is sort of is he stalking her isn't he he works with her brother but he keeps showing up at the cafe that she works at and how did he find out she works there well because he saw a picture of her in his brother's office and then his brother told him that he works at the cafe what does he say to her you need to learn the difference between being stalked and being wooed something like that sexy no, no, yeah. no. It's the difference between being stalked and being wooed. I know. Definitely. Yeah. I had, hard oh, time, sexy, yeah. I had a hard time picking up the line because, Patrick, you mentioned this. You texted me after you'd seen the film. This has the worst sound design of any movie oh I've my God. ever seen oh, in my life. Christ. I had a really hard time just I just figuring out what anybody was saying at any point. And, and I mean, this is a good point to note. I don't necessarily think any of us... Well, actually, Chris is and probably Steve is to a degree, but none of us are necessarily experts in sound design. But this is something where even like... I mean, basically anyone could watch this movie and just note that the sound is shitty. Like, I mean, you know, you can, you can be a sound design... You can be a sound editor and kind of uh, critique the nuances of sound editing and sound design. But this is just a movie where the sound sounds terrible it sounds like it was recorded with a fucking i don't know with a computer or something and it'll vacillate in the same scene like one character's dialogue sounds like it was recorded through a macbook and then the other sounds like it was recorded more or less professionally it's just it just calls attention to itself in a way i've never seen in a you know quote-unquote like feature release i was actually a lot of the entertainment value for me in this movie was actually trying to solve my own mystery while Paige is trying to solve her mystery about what's up with this audio and how are they miking these actors i had one scene in particular i was like i'm almost positive because i've recorded stuff on my iphone for projects before um there was one scene in particular i was like i'm pretty sure that like this actor is miked and the other one just has like an iphone in their pocket yeah yeah or like uh, mics sound like they're under tables kind of they sound kind of muffled now i mean we're not you know in the best position to throw stones about audio quality. You know, this isn't, you know, NPR of level production. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah right now we have podcast like podcast has better audio quality in this fucking have, movie. We don't have a horror movie on Netflix, so that's true. But um my theory for to explain most of it, it sounds like there was some really aggressive noise reduction done yes. on everything. So it sounds like they were either in environments that had like lots of background noise or hums or generators run like when they're in the forest, they got lights, they probably have generators ambient noise that they get rid of because there's almost no noise there's no hiss in the movie mm-hmm. it's all gone but then the the voices are so processed down that they sound very tinny and like they're coming over phones or shitty speakers i don't know anything about sound design but if you've ever tried to like pick up just two voices in an in an area that's not prepared for that there's so much background noise and i feel like they that's exactly what they did they just did exactly that and then we're like fuck it's loud as hell there's like a refrigerator and an air conditioning machine and all this stuff running and so they just did that couldn't hear 
shit. Watch well, this movie with subtitles. But I mean, normally in a movie, if you had a problem with the audio in the scene, you would do ADR. Like, you'd go back and re-record those lines, and that doesn't seem to be a, a concept that, that... I didn't even think of that. It would have been so easy to make this a more intelligible film. Yeah. Yeah. Did they release her? No. But she's gonna be fine. Just a bunch of stitches. My dad and Brenda are with her. Pages in the car. Come on. Where are we going? Where do you think we're going? I gotta pick somebody up along the way. Let's go. Well, another problem with audio in this film, if we're going down that road, is the the score. I know, Patrick, you've said before you don't pay much attention or it doesn't register with you. This movie... Mm-hmm. Did you know what I'm no, talking about? No, yeah, absolutely. There, so this, I don't usually pay much attention to the score, but in this, I was like, what the fuck? So, for a movie where there are long stretches... Well, first of all, it's an interesting formal exercise. They tried to create a movie where the script is nothing but exposition, and I find that kind of admirable in its own way um i'm obviously kidding it's but it's true if you watch this movie almost every line is exposition it's like people telling you they're reading history about this case or they're telling you what they're doing or what they're going to do and in the background how many tours they've done (laughs) and in the background you have this music the score it might as well be the jeopardy theme song played on a loop there's so many scenes where there's just like a piano arpeggio that is played pause played again for like no exaggeration five or six interminably minutes, when you're already bored and you're already not feeling any sense of like atmosphere or involvement in what's going on it drove me mad yeah yeah but again all all this is just symptoms of just having no money and trying to make a movie that's no a money but man, have memes. a little energy and ambition and i don't feel like this this film had that I, it felt oddly like a cash-in for such a low-budget feature a cash-in i don't know well here's what i will say i will say i enjoyed this movie a hell of a lot more than american poltergeist one. Oh, uh, i think it's no i think i'm with you there no i think it was a much better movie elizabeth uh yeah i like this better than one yeah i was more suspenseful actually it was and there were you know i wouldn't say i was terrified but there were some moments i thought were eerie and you know there, there were a, a couple of eerie moments hid my yeah. eyes. there was also a great scene that we'll talk about later that i think made this movie worth watching you know i i want to get back to because somehow we got on the audio issue from talking about cooper i want to talk about cooper and the relationship between him and page because that is a bizarre thing in and of itself like the first time that page meets cooper she's waiting tables at this restaurant she works at and the first thing like the just out of the fucking patriarchy playbook the first thing he says to her is it's it's a variation on how about a smile i forget what the exact line is but his the first thing he says to her is you know would it it kill you to smile something like that she says um what can i get you and he's like how about a smile right and she and then the feminist script she says if you want to order off menu it costs you extra right but then the, the the line right after that, she's like, "Oh, I'm sorry. I'm having a really bad yeah, day." Yeah, she she apologizes. She yeah. she. I know I'm supposed to be flattered. I just don't have the energy for it. Right. right. Now. <laughs> like, the come whole on. the whole relationship between them is so confusing because they're they're constantly kind of setting up cues to make you think that Cooper is kind of a shit bag, and then she kind of comes back and it's like, well, you know, Cooper's a good guy. You know, I feel like it's all played very innocently and naively. I don't think the whoever made this movie had any concept that like. Cooper is a creep. Yeah. Or he's a shitbag. No. Like, I think it's, we're supposed to be kind of charmed by this unlikely right. romance. And if we could, if, if I could write a better version of this movie, I mean, I guess when we eventually get to the conclusion, this will make more sense. But, like, I wish they had played up the creepiness. And I wish that they had built it up over time. And I think it would have really made the final payoff work a lot better. 
at least thematically. Well, and Cooper does so many weird things that are just sort of played off. Like, he's supposed to hang out with Paige, and he shows up at her house for no ostensible reason, and then just kind of plays that off. And then we're kind of, that's kind of presented to us as like, oh, poor Cooper getting shut out of her house. Yeah, because in the meantime, I mean, we haven't even really explained the, the core of the drama here. Not but basically, same, same shit as Haunting at Silver Falls. If you haven't listened to our episode about that, <laughs> she's just a girl in a house, mostly by herself because her parents went off on vacation and there's just vaguely spooky ghost shit happening where you know she sees shadows in the corner of her bedroom uh there's strange writings on the mirror when she gets out of the shower doors are opening you know flowers are delivered flowers are delivered in a creepy bouquet so stuff like that and you're like oh is there a ghost doing these things and we are we know there's a ghost doing these things but then they kind of throw in this cooper character who's like oh well maybe it's just cooper but we already know, because we've already ghost. seen the ghost hands and all this shit, that's probably not Cooper. Well, so, yeah, so after she goes to this party, she gets back home, parents are pissed, they're supposed to go on vacation and leave her alone, so they decide somewhat reluctantly to let her brother and his, is it, is it his wife? Yeah, it's his wife. Okay. Yeah. To, his, to her brother like, who is an Iraq war vet, and we are reminded of this many times, yeah, which is hilarious. does not look like an Iraq he war vet at all. five foot five. He 106 looks- pounds and has hair <laughs> down to his shoulders. He's the yeah. definition of a draft dodger. Yeah, he literally... And he's now like a video editor? Or what is his business? He yeah, runs the servers. Like he maintains servers for people. Like, he has a freelance com- IT company yeah. run out of his basement. But he also knows a lot about video editing. He knows a he lot does, about and the video. parents have security cameras set up, so they're like, well, we can keep an eye on what's going on at the house. And of course, things go awry, but they also use the security footage to figure out what happens when this strange bouquet is delivered. Was it Cooper... Or was it the ghost? And we see very early on that, like, there's it's delivered by like an apparition. Yeah, and but that mystery perseveres uh, throughout this out. movie. Like, it does. I, I, there's I, nothing like there was nothing that I was wondering through this movie, other than where they put the microphones. I wanted <laughs> to know what the ghost's motivation was and if it, whether or not Cooper was a creep. And it takes us so long to get there. We never get an answer on Cooper. Well, you know, Cooper's a creep from square one. I, I would like to comment. I do not. I did not get any creepy vibe from Cooper. No. I don't think he was creepy at all. Even the smile. How about a smile? I think this movie's Whatever. playing it as this is a cute young Whatever. romance. It's a it's a cute romance. He's He saw her picture. He works with her brother. He thought she was cute. He decided to go to her restaurant. He shows up to her door to pick her up for the date. He rings the doorbell. It's not like he breaks in. But he wasn't supposed to. They were supposed to meet at a coffee no, shop. No, they weren't. They hadn't clarified it yet. They decided to meet at noon, and he came to pick her up. Even yeah, that's weird. It's is Cooper weird. on trial right now? Is okay, so let's just remember. I mean, I think that. Okay. Yes, I did not think that Cooper was creepy. I think that there is a lot of men in this podcast who think that they know about women. Well, listen, but before <laughs> before I got into feminist Twitter, I might not have thought there was anything wrong with opening up a conversation with a woman with like, well, no, I would have. I mean, it, like. How about a smile? You should smile. Like what? What? What the fuck? Yeah, but that's what just I'm bad saying, script writing. What I'm saying is, yes, I, I like. I don't think he's. I don't think we are supposed to. Yes, he is creepy to us as enlightened as woke viewers. But, <laughs> but in the in the in the context of the film, I don't feel like the director is trying to get us to like really get a creep vibe from him. Like, yeah, he says a lot of things that would be totally inappropriate to say to a woman in real life. But there's never any indication that Paige is like 
totally put off or like traumatized by anything that he does to her no which i guess is the problem yeah it is a problem with the movie but i don't think that like in the context of the film cooper's a creep that's the question no we're trying it's to answer not here, right? which is the problem it is a problem I, yeah. I wish that they had played up that creepiness because it would have made for better drama yeah well Agreed. you know there's a lot in this movie that doesn't matter it's all like most of all it? filler, no killer. I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, okay. there is a killer. All well, filler, there's no one killer, killer and it, there's all filler, one killer. Uh, yes, <laughs> um, but you know the whole Cooper storyline doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. Even this, it's a MacGuffin. Like the <laughs> it's completely useless. And even this video, one of the things that pissed me off, what we were just talking about, they have security footage of the flower delivery. Yeah. There's no less than four scenes in the movie of <laughs> people reacting people to the video. People reacting yeah. to the video gathered around a computer screen which we cannot see and just alternatively gasping screaming saying i'm gonna be sick and running out of the room they were trying at one, yeah. at one point staring directly into the lens the characters are all staring directly into the lens like at us the audience as they watch the video and i was like i almost thought there was like some interesting meta thing going like, on there we for a minute the yeah like it's our it's the audience's fault <laughs> oh, can you imagine we are the american poltergeist can, guys can you imagine if this movie just took like a big meta shift like halfway through where they're like the horror is that they're actually in a movie that would be amazing. Watching. That would be like sweet. cabin in the woods. Style, yeah, just... yeah. That'd be amazing. Uh, who are those people? What, dude? Oh. Maybe an American poltergeist. Fear strikes again. <laughs> Jesus Christ! You are pushing. That well, fear, fear would have to strike once for it to strike. Again. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But no, the uh, yeah. So, uh, I mean, basically, she, this page girl is kind of a tough, a tough broad though, because she, yeah, she kind of. You know, she's not, like, cowering in her bed. She says things to the ghost like, Hey, get away from me. Stop scaring my family. Well, and she she stands up to her parents, too. Her parents are just, like, inexplicably asshole-ish to her. Like, Horrible. I don't understand. Like, she's a, she went out to a party like normal girls do, like, and came home late. What Like, what's the big deal? It's, oh, that sounds like my parents. Yeah, my parents they, were just like that. They behaved exactly the way my parents yeah. would have. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I believe that there's parents out there like that. But it's hilarious. Like, to the point, so they leave the brother in charge to watch her. And then when something ghostly happens in spite of him being on duty to watch her, the dad is like, why did I think you could defend our country when you can't even defend <laughs> your, your own sister? Yeah, that yes. was my favorite line. <laughs> Which, you know, I want to step back for just a second to the brother. And, you know, because it did strike me how his physical type seemed to play against, you know, you mentioned like how tall he is and his weight and his hair and all those things. I was like, yeah, that's ludicrous. But also at the same time. So, I mean, you know, okay, maybe you could have been in the army and sort of look like this guy does. But also the performance is just not there. Like the performance does not suggest anything like... A guy who's well, been to Afghanistan or been to Iraq and seen I some like shit. I like the performance. I like the performance. Oh, really? I like the performance, but it did not fit the character they were trying to build. Oh, okay. Yeah, I agree with that. But I, do we I know was he on the front lines? Was he in combat or was I he assume, like an intelligence right, guy? This is my backstory. Oh, maybe this. he was running servers in Iraq. Yes, that's absolutely. Probably. That's, this I'm is sure the, he was. This is the backstory. This is my fan fiction. He was running yeah, servers because yeah. obviously a guy like that who knows that this much shit. This is my shit, fan fiction. This like, is the only American Poltergeist 2 fan fiction right here. When you you know that much shit you get put in like the server room and you watch the video footage and you like send the drones out and shit he was doing it like on the base in iraq he wasn't like an infantry mm-hmm. guy look yeah. okay but here is the how do you 
if you do nothing else, how do you indicate that someone is or has been in the military? They wear the boots. Yeah. In real life, you see a guy wearing those boots and he was in the military and they keep the boots and they wear the boots. And they fucking have a... They don't have hair down to their shoulders. I mean, no, that yeah. I, you know what? Who knows? What, Iraq's he, been a long-ass war. How old is that guy? He could be 30. When was he in Iraq? When's Iraq? He could have been in Iraq. He could have enlisted when he was 18. Yeah. Done two tours, which how many How many years is that? I don't know how many years people got Eight years. Tour. Oh, tour? tours? No, yeah, nine months. I don't know. Okay, so yeah. He could have been in for like, I don't know, four four years. I don't know. And then he comes back and he's like, yeah, you know, Iraq wasn't really for me. Yeah, but this movie was made so long ago. It was he like he grows fucking... his hair down. He grows his hair down. Yeah, all right. I mean, who gives a fuck? Like it really these, are, these matter, characters but... are all just completely two dimensional. The movie, as much time as it spends following them, we really don't learn much about their inner lives. I mean, the performances are strictly like community theater shit. I think he was the best in the movie, honestly, but it's still not great. I think his wife was the best. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, anyway, so where do we go from there? She's being haunted by a ghost. She gets into, you know, going to the the library and talking to people associated with this disappearance that happened in the, what, It's like three quarters of the way through the movie before you understand. That's when I started taking notes, actually. I don't have anything from before the last, like, 40 minutes of this movie. Here's what I'd like to say. There is nothing more terrifying as a woman than opening your eyes while laying in bed and seeing a man in your bedroom. And this movie features that many times. Yeah. You Go- were watching it between your fingers. I, I just remembered that. You were you were, you were were freaking out a little bit. It's scary. And, you know, regardless of how well they do it, I know that you guys don't think it was scary. But it's still to actually put something that looks like a human man in a room in a movie is scary. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I, I mean, I did think certain things were scary. I don't think just putting a man in a room is scary. But I did, I liked a few moments. There were a few things where I was actually like, oh, that's actually sort of creepy. That was sort of the high point of this movie for me. Like when the, the ghost, poltergeist, whatever the fuck, is like hovering over the bed at a 45 degree angle in silhouette. That was pretty creepy. I was like, okay, that's cool. That's good. There were a few fleeting moments that I actually thought, like, this could, in like, in a better made film, like, this could actually be creepy. But then we get into, like, bad special effects immediately after that happens, where the ghost is just sort of, like, yeah. hopping around over the bed as, like, a bad special CGI effects. apparition. You, the, the script, I thought the script was written around, like, After Effects tutorials. <laughs> yeah. Because, it like, all, it, all, the, all the spooky yeah. stuff is done with these, like, really kind of cheesy visual effects that were 100% done in post-production. Like, it all seems very piecemeal. Like I said before, you know, we talked about the skeleton hand reaching down from the tree and sort of these, the ghost or ghosts that you see multiple times just appear differently every time. Like, at one point, sort of this, like, thin skeleton hand reaches over the bed towards her, and sometimes it's, like, a dark silhouette. Sometimes it's a very human-looking figure, and it's very Sometimes it's a straight-up dude wearing his flannel. And yeah. talking. Yeah. And talking. Yeah. It's very confusing what the fuck is going on. Yeah. It's it's like a... It throws a whole bunch of shit at you like an insidious yeah. movie would, <laughs> only it's all, like, a really shitty spectrum of things. But... <laughs> One interesting thing about the ghosts in this movie, too, is that they can inflict damage, which is unusual because usually it's all in a dream or... Well, inflict damage, he puts a girl into a catatonic state of fear. As as seen in The Mummy, Ardeth Bay does the same thing. Okay, (laughs) fine. That's true. 
And there's a scene also where the whole family is in the room and he almost strangles a, a girl oh, right. and s- sends pictures crashing off the wall and slices a woman in the face. Yeah, and that's weird because that's late, late, late in the movie. And so you it's almost as if he's at the height of his power, right? But like, there's no reason to think that he would get more powerful as the events of the movie played out. I mean, we're giving this all too much credit. They didn't think about it half as much yeah. as we are right now. Yeah. Also, that was something I thought you were going to be like, that's interesting. That's late, late, late in the movie, and I'm not sure why you would bring that up right oh, now. No, no, no. <laughs> um, we have to save that for the spoiler room. Well, speaking of that, we're going to go to the spoiler room in a minute, but is there anything else that like that people liked or thought worked in this movie? Uh, something I thought was interesting is like I feel like there may have been... I'd, I'd like to know the political leanings of the director because this movie fires shots at Obamacare, mm-hmm. libraries, mm-hmm. and journalists. Mm-hmm. Like very, Boom. but the journalists, like Fox ones. News. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's really funny because it's that's another thing that happens super late in the movie. She's investigating. She's asking all the neighbors about if they know why she's being haunted, etc. She talks to this old lady for an interminable amount of time. Oh my god, oh it was like god. ten minutes of her just uh. <laughs> just her in the garden talking, and then she's like, "Yeah, it was a simpler time back then." And then something else. She's like, "Yeah, well, I found this newspaper clipping is like journalists back then." They didn't I don't have know. Much integrity. They didn't have much integrity. Of course, it's the same today. Fox, Fox News. <laughs> Fox News is like a line. Like just those two words are a line yeah. in this movie. Yeah, uh, the script is probably like old lady. Of course, it's not. It's the same today. Dot dot dot. Page narrows her eyes. Old lady. <laughs> Fox News. Exclamation point. <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, we all hate Fox News. It should be made clear, but like. Still, yeah. still funny. The funny way that, stuff. Yeah. It was just so out of place because it didn't seem like a movie that would do that. Yeah, because you know, it kind of seems like one of those like timeless sort of ghost stories. Yeah, T- timeless. Really? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, mean, I can pinpoint story. this to a very specific time and place. I know what you. Mean what I mean by that. that is, it's following those same beats, the same tropes yeah. that we've seen time and time. This again. is a topical ghost story. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's review it. Do we need to? I yeah, think we always. We, it's our. It's our Tradition. duty. All it's right. our duty. I'm in suspense. Actually, I, I. I'm curious what Elizabeth's rating is because the the man in the room scared her, and I'm wondering what she's. Well, suggest. the man in the room scared me. I reject the notion that you have to be a woman to be scared by the man in the room. I know what you're saying, but I. I thought the man in the room. If I woke up and there was a man in my room, I'd be terrified. What if there's a woman in your room? I'd say, come on in. (laughs) (laughs) I'm terrified. She's already in, though. (laughs) I'd say, come lay down. (laughs) Wow. I'm terrified by the three men in this room constantly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, Elizabeth, view it, cue it, or screw it? Uh, Screw it. Sorry, guys. This movie sucked ass. It was better than American Poltergeist 1. If you, for some reason in your head, are like, I need to watch an American Poltergeist movie, should I watch one or two? Watch two. But, you know, then there's no reason to do either. Then kill yourself. I was going to say that, but you know what? That's not not appropriate. Patrick, what do you think? Screw it. This might be my most emphatic screw it yet. This movie's a piece of shit. Why what is, was the what? what was the penultimate most emphatic screw it that we had? There was a, there was a big one recently. Oh, right? I, I, I don't know. Passionate about. I don't know. I don't right. know. I wish I remembered. I have terrible memory. If you remembered for me, I could maybe. It was de- probably American Poltergeist choice, one. But I mean, I mean, the other thing about this movie is it's like an hour and forty five minutes or something. It's and long. I, you know, I usually I'm not. I'm usually not too bad with like an hour and a half sit, even on a shitty movie. But this, it was like I don't know. I was like 
God damn it, when is this shit going to be over? And I checked the time, and it was like an hour and 10 or an hour and 15. There was still a, over a half hour to go. And wow, I was like, you waited that Christ. long to check the time. I think the first time I checked the I time, have, I have movie, a longer attention like, span than you, Steven. <laughs> well, when it comes to shit like this, I think I knew what I was getting into, and I think the first time I, I, I clocked it, it was like 10 minutes in. And I was like, oh, wow. fucking hell, there's an hour and a half left. Wow. How is that possible? Yeah, I mean, I usually like ease into these things, and usually by the first time I take a look at the time it's maybe a half hour sometimes even later but this i was like oh god i'm just fuck yeah so screw, steve would screw you view it. it no come on <laughs> i thought you'd give me the full range of options um no i'd screw it. it it's terrible like again like so many movies we've seen it's not like so bad it's good it is just interminable is the word for it it feels like it goes on forever and as I became more aware of the the score, like I mentioned earlier, that it made me feel even more miserable. I just, just driving like, a screw into your brain. Exactly. I just felt like you know I could see the sands in the hourglass falling. It was it was awful. Don't bother with one or two. Can I throw in one thought? Actually, yeah, throw one in more a thought. thought. You have to revise your rating. No, I'm not going to revise my rating. But I mean, it's just another one of these weird cases where if this was like our friends who made this movie, I'd be like. Cool. I'd find new friends. Oh, no, I wouldn't be that <laughs> I would. This would be, be sweet. Like, if you, yeah. we were all in this, it would be amazing. Right. But, I mean, this is just sort of another interesting note on this topic that's come up a lot for us. Like, how do you get a movie on Netflix? Because this just seems very amateurish. And if our friends made it and maybe they didn't have a ton of filmmaking experience, I'd be like, that's awesome. You made an hour and 45 minute movie and, you know, it's not great whatever i wouldn't say that to their face but you know you made a thing that's cool that's (laughs) awesome but this is put on netflix like sort of the premier sort of entertainment service that everybody watches at this point how does it get on there and for that reason i'm like fuck this like this doesn't deserve a place on netflix (laughs) again yeah that's kind of what we were saying when we did american poltergeist one and that's on netflix like netflix should have enough resources and wherewithal to be getting better movies like the number of movies that we've watched so far and the number of screw it's we've been given out like candy on halloween <laughs> there shouldn't be this many bad movies on netflix right i guess my overall point is that i sometimes feel bad because i feel like we're just hating on these filmmakers and you know i'm really not hating on the filmmakers no good, good for them that they made a movie and got this out there somehow or other and even good for them that they got it on netflix i think maybe my problem more is just like Netflix, like, come on. You've got, like, fucking not a lot of horror movies, really, in the big, in the grand scheme of things. 250 horror movies. And this is one of them? I think that's more where my vitriol is directed. That's well, all I have to say. You know what? Netflix, I think for 2018, they're trying to put out, like, 80-something original films hmm. in 52 weeks, which is pretty remarkable. So maybe they're going to start using more money and financing and getting some better stuff in their catalog. Right. I mean, really Netflix in the big picture of things is still just kind of in the nascent stages of like figuring out where to go with this power that it's, uh, attained. So, well, what do we know about great power? (laughs) Great responsibility. Yeah. 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 Chris, Chris, would you view it, cue it, or screw it. No, I would screw it, but I would screw it with no prejudice, uh, similar to how I felt about American Poltergeist 1. Like I said, this is a better movie, I think, than American Poltergeist 1. Props to all the people involved. I'm sure they had a ton of fun. There were a lot of crippling technical problems. If you take the technical problems away, it was just kind of mediocre. It was, it was you know, not a great story, but, you know, it wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. You know what would make us real assholes? <laughs> <laughs> make it, us does anything need to make us i feel like we're already that there actor who played the brother 
has really done two tours. Oh, oh, Jesus. oh no! Oh man, yeah. And that's well, the only reason they put that in. Or like maybe he's somebody's friend, and he like literally came back from Iraq, and they're like, "Hey, be in this movie, dude." That's another person who I want to come on the show. I was going to say, wreck I'll, us. I'll Facebook message him too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which tell us a little bit about that, Steve? Why so, do you mention Facebook messaging uh, people? Well, we recently reviewed uh, the precursor of this film, American Poltergeist, and we kind of directly addressed the director more often than I think any of us was totally comfortable with on mm. this show. Certainly more comfortable than he was surely with since we trashed that movie. And we did make a plea for him to come on the show and I figured how, how was he going to know unless we actually reach out to him or tag him or something. So, so I did, you reached out to him in the most direct way possible, really. On Facebook uh, and uh, I feel like kind of a creep because I sent him a message. This is Mike Rutkowski. Uh, Not to be confused with Andrew Wazowski. Right. <laughs> And I, I felt like I sent him a very diplomatic message. Yes, we shit on your movie, but we want to know more. You know, we would love to have finished a feature film. We want to learn more about this. Listen to the show. We're all great people. We'll have fun. We're not just going to, we're not, we're not trying to sabotage you or, or corner you and, and humiliate or exploit you in any way whatsoever. I didn't get a response yet. I have, I have one more question, kind of a surprise question. Did you prefer this movie to A Haunting at Silver Falls or not? Yes. Without a doubt. I think simply because I, most of these movies are so disposable to me that I never want to think of them again, I'm going to favor the one I just saw recently that I've put the energy into discussing with you folks. Okay. They're both fucking terrible. I do think this was actually made better. I mean, sound issues aside, and there's some weird directorial choices. We didn't even talk about the dinner sequence at the beginning where the camera is just like trying to make out with every person around <laughs> the table as it goes around. There were some kind of effective sequences in here, I felt. like the, the, it, This felt like the work of somebody who's like really starting to figure out how to make a movie. Or, yeah, or sequences that could have been effective with some more work and better talent. Sure, like, and, and more time, maybe, even. Who knows what constraints are under. So I would say, yes, I would prefer this to Haunting and Silver Because in American Poltergeist 1, we were talking about, or at least I was talking about, how I didn't know how to save that movie. I was like, I don't know where they could take this movie to make it good. This movie's not that far off from being good. Oh, I disagree. I definitely... I mean, I hated... Silver Falls, but I definitely preferred Silver Falls to this. I mean, we've talked many times about the twin ghosts and Silver Falls going, yeah. I mean, this, the twin ghosts were consistently more interesting to me than any of the fucking, like, quote-unquote poltergeist and American poltergeist, mm. too. A little more uh, iconic images in Haunting at Silver Falls. <laughs> iconic. And Larry. Oh, no, yeah. Who could forget oh, Larry? Yeah, oh, so you're on Team who Silver could forget, Falls. I'm on Team who could Silver forget Falls. Date Night? Date Night. <laughs> Oh my god. Wait, what was date night? I already forget. The the supposedly sexy parents were like, we're going out on date oh, night. Right. And that means oh. I will not neglect my wife. This is the bigger question, guys. Oh, that reminded guys. me of the thing from Hashtag Horror. What's the, the sexy vacation? Is that what it was? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. Dirty, Dirty Weekend. Dirty, Dirty weekend. weekend. Dirty What's Weekend. Dirty Weekend. What's a date night? We're learning so much on this podcast. No, no, guys. Okay, here's the real question, though. Who is the shittier set of parents? The parents in Haunting at Silver Falls or the parents in American okay, Culture well, Guys, the, the parents in Haunting at Silver Falls were literal murder sexual abusers. Yeah, so they're much so worse. So I think that that's worse than being a dick. But we I don't, like we don't them know what more, these though. parents were doing I when they were on vacation. Charming. Yeah. Yeah, you never know. Good point. Just food, Maybe food for thought, you know. All right. Listeners, we... think on that while we go to break. Yeah. All think right. about that as we trundle our way down to the spoiler room. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to the spoiler room. Stick around or go watch the movie. The choice, as always, is yours. 
Welcome back, everybody. We are now in the spoiler room. The spoiler room. It's a little cold and kind of empty in here because there's not a lot to spoil about this movie except probably the last like, two-minute reveal. I feel it's clammy. Very damp. I feel clammy, yeah. Very damp. Moist. No, but really, I mean, we kind of need to like talk about this like fucking history that comes out about these ghosts, Do right? We? Long story short, oh please! After such a long, extensive investigation of going to the library, looking through all the hard copy newspapers from 1951, going which is door a thing door, libraries totally maintain that you can just like rifle through and they're not hard copies of 50s newspapers. Well, they say and they're in Times New Roman. They they, they <laughs> wear the lampshade on that one. They're like. Uh, shouldn't these be on microfish by now? And they're in the. They're like no, <laughs> and they keep looking. <laughs> anyway, um, and they extensive door to door interviews of her neighbors, and then they end up in this like abandoned house that they have no rights to intrude in, and they go and they find a diary just in the corner of a. Which is of why a is that shit still all negligible? The house. This is all completely negligible. But all totally fascinating. All that matters is the reveal. They spent a long time. Nonsensical. The they spent a long time getting us to the information that we need. We follow them through every step of the time. way, and none of it is dramatically compelling whatsoever. The, lo- the long story short, there was a twin. There were two twins. One of them was a bad seed. He like killed his good twin who tried to stop him from being an asshole out in the woods and then he came home and he started like abducting kids and then everyone got tired of his shenanigans so they dragged him out to the forest and they put him up in a tree the same tree we saw at the beginning of the movie you guys the tree with the Spanish moss all over it (laughs) and they strung him up and they caned him till he was near dead and then they left and when they came back the tree and the man were gone boom So now she's being haunted by an evil twin. Yeah. And so in order to get rid of this, they decide that they must go find this tree. They go back to the forest. Back to Borley Forest, find the tree, confront the ghost. And even that they managed to make tedious. So two things. Pulling a Patrick flying done here. Patrick Portobello done. So these are just lines that I like that kind of underline. I've got a new nickname. Flying Portobello. That's my nickname. Patrick flying Portobello done. Yeah. So a couple of lines that really underscore like how fucking tedious this movie is for our listeners who hopefully will never see this. Who feel the same way about this podcast. In the abandoned house, what we get is a sequence that is probably conservatively 12 to 15 minutes long where it is just page reading through journals and then we see flashbacks and after the first flashback in which nothing happens she goes on to read another one and her brother says after five minutes in the scene can we speed this up and get to july blah 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 because we already know this i'm like wait you just wasted five minutes of my time telling something that I know I already know, and you know I already know. But they and then he says it again. They had to get it to feature length. Doesn't, he says it again a second time after another five or three to five minutes. Doesn't yeah. she throw out an arbitrary date and it's like, how about I start with June fifteenth, nineteenth? Sounds good. And they're like, yeah, okay, that sounds good. So then when, they're, when they finally get to the forest, they can't find the goddamn tree. And there's like well, five they minutes. They have a coalition of the willing that goes into the forest. <laughs> In there. It's one Ford of whom. Explore. It's Paige. It's Paige's Iraq brother. Oh, yes. It's Paige's friend Ava, who they've been frenemies the entire movie until shit got real serious. And then Ava's like, I'm so sorry about all the things I've done ever. I'm your best friend now. Yeah. 
And Dr. Hidalgo, who we haven't gotten to talk about yet. Dr. Dr. Hidalgo. Hidalgo. He does not look Latino whatsoever. Is your your stock... Now, I did like this, because Dr. Hidalgo is your stock, like, paranormal expert character that you get in these types of movies. But what I did like about him in this movie is he's almost completely incompetent. Yeah, and played by like a thirty-year-old who doesn't look like a college professor whatsoever. He's, he's a college, terrible British he's a accent. College professor with a PhD. Presumably, he's in Michael Caine cosplay. I mean, we can like raise our doubts. We can give the Iraq veteran the benefit of the doubt, like that actor the benefit of the doubt. But Doctor Hidalgo, no, this well, guy doesn't have a he PhD. Spends, there's another scene where he spends. I, I'm just gonna say five minutes because I'm terrible at time, but I feel like that's a safe a safe bet. Where he like explains what a ghost is, pretty much to Paige, <laughs> and like, then there's a moment where she's like, "Well, I already." It's another moment. She's like, "I already know that." Like, can we move on to the next thing? And then cue the cyclical piano arpeggio for another five minutes <laughs> while they get into like the details of the case and how he doesn't believe her. Nothing productive comes of the meeting. The whole no. reason, the whole point of the scene is that nothing productive comes from the meeting. But it's so long, and then he does show up to be in the forest scene, but he's completely unproductive. Then, Wait, oh, no. he's not. He has the best moment he of the movie, the best arguably. Of the whole movie. In what the is it? Scene. What does he do? I don't remember. All right. So they're hunting. They can't find the tree. They're like, we're tired. What are we going to do? He has... Hold on. I got a line. I'm tired of walking around this damn skeleton looking for that freaking tree. Exactly. Oh, because they do find human remains. And yeah. They find the human forest, remains. And they're like, oh, we must be getting closer. And so they like do some laps around it looking for the tree. Yeah. <laughs> and he busts out his uh, ghost finder, which is this device that looks like a carbon monoxide detector that like crackles if a ghost is near. And oh, I, like rudimentary technology yeah. he tells us And even he, he's like, yeah, it never really works. I don't know. Right. And he's like sort of scanning the area and he looks up at the trees and he's like, wait a second. All of a sudden a ghost drops from the trees, picks him up, and his body explodes. After he's drawn and quartered. Like he's his, drawn and quartered his, in there. His four limbs are poured, pulled apart from each other, and we rewatched this. Like We ran this back, because I wanted to see how the fuck they did this. I'm pretty sure it's just like a dummy... I think it's a dummy. It's, really? It's a super was there quick actually shot. a dummy? I I assumed I it was like just three hundred level after. Wait, effects. I thought the ghost exploded when the brother comes at him with the scythe. And We're talking about Doctor Hidalgo. That's a different thing, exploded. bro. Spoilers. Doctor. We're still getting to that. <laughs> Who gives a shit? Doctor Hidalgo explodes. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't explode. He gets drawn and quartered. He gets pulled up in the fucking he tree. Oh, okay. Four, I do remember. All this. four I'm limbs get pulled apart from his body. Yeah, and it's sort of amazing. I was like. That was the first moment in the movie where I was like, okay, this is sweet. And I just want to know who's going to inherit his office map of pulp and paper mills in the U.S. and Canada. (laughs) (laughs) You. That's all yours, buddy. And his jackalope that he has on the wall of his office. Okay, that's Elizabeth. So Hidalgo explodes. All the other people are like, ah, including the war vet. And they run back to the Ford Explorer, try to drive away. Car won't start. They decide to go to sleep in the car. Then... Paige wakes up and the ghost is beckoning to her from the woods. And she being a brave being a brave, brave ass bitch young woman gets out of the car and follows it alone. Then it leads her to the tree and and he's like pantomiming much like the hunting at Silver Falls goes. He's, he's like, like they're, they're wagging fingers at each other. Yeah, listening. she's like, this, this tree, this tree I already know it killed you? And he's like, Mrr. and then 
Iraq vet shows up. He has a scythe because they found the scythe in like next to the skeleton tree, whatever. And he's like, "Well, oh. a scythe has appeared in this movie a few times too." There's also an inexplicable open sequ- opening sequence where someone is killed with a scythe. Yeah, yeah, the scythe is the ghost's trademark weapon, weapon of choice in yeah. life and in death. Yeah, and so <laughs> now the Iraq vet has it, and he plunges the scythe into the ghost's heart. Chest. And what happens, Steve? This excited you. He, he just explodes. He but before that, like he like kind of his chest like sort of lights on fire, yeah. and then and it's, it's how really how do you kill a ghost with a fucking scythe? What I don't know. It's, well, it, okay, 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 it's, it's okay. the object. It's an object that's tied to him that they found in the forest, and he's at the enchanted tree where they established that he's his powers are weakest at the site where he was killed. Sure, there's that, and also there's an epic showdown between Paige and the ghost where she calls him out for being a creep. I feel like th- if we were going to rewrite, if I was going to rewrite this movie, given given what we have, the real estate that we have to deal with, I would make Cooper a total creep. He dies in a car crash. We miss that. Oh, so we yeah. never get any resolution about what his motives were, whether or not he was a creep, or if he was um, being sort of inappropriate in his pursuit of Paige. I like this scene would have worked so much better if like she had been done wrong by a boy that she fell for and he turned out to be a total like jag bag creep <laughs> and then she has the chance to be like well this fucking ghost is still haunting me I'm gonna tell him everything I wanted to say to Cooper and I'm gonna kill a ghost and that oh. like that would be like super empowering yeah. right yeah so I feel like that might have because the ghost is like an admirer of Paige. Right, and uh, it's unclear, aside from the fact that she, you know, touched his skeleton hand or whatever in the tree, like, why he's following her of all people, that's not really developed. But, like, Probably the first like, time he'd been touched by a woman in a while. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. Uh, wow, a lot of really inappropriate things I could say right now. But, uh, yeah, like, better movie. She has that final confrontation, saying the things she wanted to say to Cooper, because he's a total creepo. And she gets to kill a ghost in the in the meantime, and that would be like an interesting journey. Like I would want to know, I'd want to see a sequel to that. Like where does this woman come out on the other side of this struggle? Not what happens. It's all totally inconsequential. The ghost blows up. It takes like three seconds. Terrible special effects, and then we're back to normality. No, but there's still a final last minute twist. Oh yeah. Oh, oh my yeah. god. god. I'm so sorry. Which You're right. Because that is you. not where this all ends. Because and you know what? As he's getting scythed to death, he's like. Yeah, making a mistake before he gets blown up on fire. And then they get, they <laughs> well, then why the fuck? I mean, I'm sorry. We're going to get to the spoiler in a second. But like, why was he still continuing to like intimidate her? If I it don't was, think he was. We, just, we were intimidated by him because we've seen him do all kinds of creepy, scary shit. And he looks creepy. He looks like... He looks like Dylan Roof. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, he does. <laughs> totally, just like Dylan Roof. <laughs> He's got the bull. Jesus. I don't really agree like with that, heart. but I think it's funny. And um, well, Chris, say the spoiler because I have something to say about it. Okay, what do you have to say? No, t- you have to say it first. I wish oh. somebody could have just said the spoiler to me instead of me having to watch this entire. Well, movie. Well, the spoiler is they get back to the house. They're having their celebratory. We just killed the ghost beers or whatever. And then Paige goes up to her room and she's looking through her notes again. And she's like, she realizes that they actually killed the ghost of the good twin that was checking the bad twin. And now the bad twin is still being a ghost. And he's unrestrained. Yeah. And the cool thing about this is they do 
pretty clearly established at several points in the movie that there are two ghosts and you have all the information you need to like put this together but i didn't put it together and Paige didn't put it together we'll break that down in a moment because i feel like they give us a nice montage where they're like see all along there have been two ghosts it's like i was watching it i was like i don't think so no i remember that really okay well more credit to them because that's a pretty difficult thing to pull off yeah well my complaint about all this is that the good okay so these ghosts can speak they have said things throughout the movie. They've said, for example, you know, we don't, we realize in retrospect that we don't know which ghost was talking, but they've said things like, you will love me, or, you know, no, or you're making a mistake, or whatever. And my biggest complaint is if they have the power to speak, literally, if the good ghost had said either twin or brother, Anyone could have figured out. Yeah. I'm not Joe. I'm not <laughs> So basically, the good ghost was just a huge dipshit. Well, yeah, the good ghost, all he's, he was saying, like, no, and he was trying to get Paige to realize that the bad ghost was still there and behind her. All he needed to say was one word. Well, it's probably fucking hard to be a ghost. Like, you've seen Patrick Swayze's ghost. Oh, my where, God, that didn't look that hard. No, but, like, you know, there's a scene where he's like, all right, kick the can, bro. Yeah. And it takes some effort to kick the can. It probably takes effort when you're a ghost to, like, talk so that people can hear you. Yeah. All this stuff takes effort, so. Probably. Sure, I don't know what energy levels they have or, like, what they can do, what they can say. The moon say. probably has a lot to do with it. <laughs> probably. Why not? Well, and that's the movie. And that's the movie. A couple other things I liked. Because this movie was probably made after or before... It was um, definitely made before American Pulp Because this movie was made before the American, first American Pulp well, It's funny because there were some things where like, I thought I saw callbacks to the first American Poltergeist, but absolutely not. It was just like, <laughs> it was just like looking at seeing Jesus in your toast, kind of like, you know, there's a pattern, but like, because yeah. there's a part And Jesus where, being very relevant to they talk about grandmothers. some of these callbacks. Yeah, they talk about grandmothers down in the basement. Um, there's a church kid who's like, I gotta go work at the church in the morning. Sorry, guys. Um, someone complains, the, the girl complains they go in the library and she's like, it's smelly library. They talk about how musty and smelly the library smells. <laughs> they really hate that library. Yeah. And the librarian. Like, well, the librarian is a bitch, to be fair. Well, I mean, what would you do if you had these like shithead kids coming in? Who well, but she's unnecessarily a bitch. I guess. So. Okay. She's over the top. It's very easy to cast a bitchy librarian. That's a good default character. Yeah, that was that was an extreme one. Though, it would be a great scene. Would be if they're in there I looking at was... the newspapers and they touch the the picture in the newspaper of the ghost when he was alive, and there's like a, and then the library is like shh, the librarian. <laughs> I mean, we are running on empty right now. But like, did anybody think that that was Amy Sedaris when you first saw the librarian? No, no. I don't know what Amy Sedaris looks God like. Me neither. Okay. Well, Sorry. anyway, I, I Googled Amy Sedaris immediately and thought like, oh, man, she's really slumming it. I mean, I guess I'm, I'm going to briefly bring this full circle by just referencing why I mentioned Portobello in the fucking intro in the first place. It's my favorite line of the whole movie when Cooper is first like asking Paige for recommendations of oh, what the best yeah. thing is to eat at the restaurant. He's like thinking about getting either the Caprese wrap or the Portobello Caprice. sandwich. Caprese, yeah. Which drives me crazy when people say that. Yeah. And she says, the Caprese is good, but the Portobello is awesome. 
which I just thought like, was so... Like, I've been working here Ooh, a that's... whole year, and I uh, I still eat it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know all about the portobello. I mean, I get it for free, but, like, given the choices, it's the best. Oh, and there's another line where someone says, I'm a big portobello fan. I wrote that down, too. I forget where that comes from. Is that a up. sexual metaphor? I have to wonder. I don't know. So, does anyone have any closing thoughts? Lessons learned... Anything? I think the lesson learned is the same lesson you learn from uh, Haunting at Silver Falls. If you're in the woods and you see some creepy shit... Don't touch it. Don't fucking touch it, man. Don't fuck around with ghost twins. Yeah. Like, one ghost is bad enough, but twins? Or, you know what? Just get the fuck out. If, if there's twins, one of them, at least, is probably benevolent. Because yeah. the ghosts in Silver Falls go. were benevolent in the end. They just wanted you their rings and there shit. There you go. Anyway. So where are we watching next week? I, for, I, I forgot. Um, oh, what is it called again? We're watching. I, my memory is, is we're uh, watching lacking these days. What I wish I was after watching American Poltergeist Two: Amnesiac. Amnesiac. Oh, now I remember. Oh, oh. <laughs> great! So uh, join us then. We'll be talking about that. In the meantime, catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, on our website www.everyhorrormovieonnetflix.com leave us a message leave us a review troll us a little we'll troll you back and uh until then for every horror movie on netflix i'm chris i'm patrick flying portobello done i'm elizabeth i'm steven see you next week mm-hmm.